Good morning, afternoon or evening, wherever you are in the world and welcome to the bloody awesome movie podcast. My name is Matt Hudson from What I Watch Tonight and joining me from across the pond, as ever, he's my hero in a half shell. It's John Burke from BurkeReviews.com. How are you, sir? I am doing very well, Matt. Ready to uh, to go into the sewers and find some pizza because that's God, where yeah. the good pizza is. Sewer pizza, uh, which is being custodied over by a rat, is exactly my kind of... Uh, evening spent jb so let's do that you're looking forward to tonight's uh discussion it's a chance for us and probably quite a lot of our listeners to almost feels like we're going back in time a little bit uh a little bit like teenage mutant ninja turtles 3 did like we're going back in time a little bit to our childhoods and also for the demographic of it maybe it's your first introduction to said film we're talking about tonight but before we talk about any films john jonathan burke Three things. Firstly, how are you? Are you keeping Florida safe and well? And thirdly, happy birthday for the other day. Oh, well, thank you. Uh, appreciate the birthday wishes. Um, I'm doing okay. I am uh, overtired and <laughs> having uh, too much anxiety where sleeping feels un- impossible. Like I-, I woke up at 3.30 and was basically in and out of sleep till 5 when I woke up no. on purpose. Uh, but it was. It's. I'm, I'm a little drained. Uh, you know, it's that beginning of the year anxiety. Like I, I have too much to do and not enough time to get it all done. And mm-hmm. to be honest, um, I am, I'm a little burnt out in general. So like doing anything has been a struggle. So it's like, you know, I'm trying to do things and then I'm just like, I, I just can't decisions feel too hard and I'm tired. And so not enough's getting done, which is only increasing the anxiety. It's a vicious, vicious cycle, but I'm working on it. So hopefully everything will balance back out and it'll be okay. But how about you? Are you doing okay over there? I am. I haven't had cake or any kind of sweet treats. Mm. Who am I kidding? I've had too many actually. Well, my talk, I know I had some today. Um, I haven't had it for a specific reason other than I'm just gluttonous, but uh, yeah, no, all good over here. My friend Um, looking forward to tonight's discussion. Uh, Can't really say too much about what's happening over here because it's been a pretty quiet weekend to be fair uh non-eventful just how i like it nice and easy nice and chill good starts of the week as much as it can do when you go to work but uh nothing really to write home about or to be too concerned about other than obviously what we're talking about tonight because i really i I remember when this was announced and i know john's seen the film but the paranoia that ran through me thinking i really hope i like this film because it really took me back to my childhood i really hope jb likes his film so it takes him back to his childhood because tonight we are talking about teenage mutant ninja turtles mutant mayhem and if you're new to the show firstly hello secondly we are going to be delivering a non-spoiler episode tonight our main discussions are always non-spoiler it's just thoughts and opinions and we'll drop spoiler thoughts in a much shorter episode in a few days time so if you haven't seen mutant mayhem don't worry we're not going to spoil anything for you but we're going to tell you what we thought about the film so with that said non-spoilers here we go uh let's go through the numbers it's directed by jeff Rowe and kyla spears and it's written by jeff Rowe, evan goldberg and seth rogan it's kind of been seen as the brainchild of uh goldberg and rogan uh, throughout the marketing and the cast is huge so we'll just go for the the core six we've got micah abbey shaman brown jr nicholas Cantu, and brady noon they are our turtles and they are our actual teenage turtles as well which i'm uh, pleased to announce uh also in the cast ao adabiri as april o'neill and jackie chan as master splinter What's the film about? The synopsis reads, The film follows the Turtle Brothers as they work to earn the love of New York City whilst facing down an army of mutants. The Turtle Brothers. I quite like that. Now, I'm sure we'll mention shortly our relationship with the franchise and the existing films. But critically, the other films, and that's animated um, the the OG, the Bave produced ones, don't always do very well, certainly critically. But this one, my friend JB, on Rotten Tomatoes, it sits at 96% with the critics and 92% with the audience. That's huge. Even better, I'd argue, is on Metascore, this has a 74, which yeah, is good. 10, 14 points more than I would have expected. 
Uh, IMDb, 7.6 out of 10. And Letterboxd has this a 3.8 out of 5. And it's only available in theatres. It will be on streaming in a few weeks, I'm sure. But don't worry about that. Go and support the film if you can do. Give it your hard-earned money and go check it out on the biggest screen you can do. Um, so I say uh, Turtles, when I was a kid, the, the toys and the cartoons uh, and the films I'd watched the most were, were Ghostbusters, Transformers, and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, or the Hero Turtles, as they were called in the UK, because apparently Ninja promoted violence, so they had to change to Hero. Weird, oh. wild. Thanks, Maggie Thatcher. But... Um, so I, I I love the turtles growing up, uh, though the original films, certainly those first two, and especially Secrets of the Ooze, which is the first film I ever saw at the cinema. Oh. I loved those films, JB. And the third one is 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 what it is. It's not great. I don't particularly like that one. Um, yeah, but I used, I used to love the the cartoon. I used to have all the toys, so the blimp, the turtle van, uh, the, the 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 turtle brothers, April O'Neil, Bebop, Rocksteady, Shredder, Spinner, all of the gang, the Foot Clan, and everyone. To love playing with that, and I'd go to my friend's house and we'd play the turtles. I always wanted to be uh, Mikey because um, he was the smallest, like me. So I've, I've all, I, you know, growing up, really, really, really liked them. The Bay films, I wasn't a huge fan of them. I thought they got a bit icky, as is the Bay's, but the Bay way. And I just don't think they looked great. You know, they don't look like they don't look like teenage turtles. They look like turtles who've had a very tough paper round. They're in their mid forties and they're going through stuff. In those films, they are not teenagers. You could argue the, in the OG, they don't really look or sound like teenagers. But the Bay ones, not as big a fan of, and it's nothing to do with Bay himself. I just don't think the films are great. Uh, the, the 2007 animated film isn't bad, and um, I've, I don't mind some of the comics. I've got The Last Ronin over there. The Eastman and Laird re-team up after years apart. So I'm, I'm a fan of the Turtles, based mainly on childhood nostalgia i think the more recent output in terms of live action at least hasn't been particularly great jb you're uh, of a similar uh age and generation to myself what's your relationship with tmnt um pretty much exactly the same as you uh, uh the difference was my first theatrical experience as we've talked about on the show is ghostbusters oh. um and i was very young i was only two years old when i saw ghostbusters in the theater but um i did I'm pretty confident I saw both turtle movies in the theater. I definitely saw turtles in time in the theater. And like you, uh, one, I barely remember that movie. And I think I only saw that movie in the theater. Um, but I love the cartoon. I, some of my, um, like early, I think I had the most action figures of turtle stuff. Like, I think I had like accessories. I had the party wagon. I'm, I had the blimp. Cause I remember it was never inflated. I don't remember if it popped or I just, like, but I still had it like, you know, around. Um, and, I, I absolutely love the turtles. I actually was always a Raphael fan. I, to be fair, I loved all the turtles except kind of Leo because he's a little bit of a narc. But um, dork. I I loved Raph because he had uh, a temper problem, and I had an anger management issue as a kid. I was always really angry and upset about mm-hmm. stuff, and so I connected with Raph. Um, and I, I've always enjoyed the Turtles. I, I didn't watch a lot of the variations of the later cartoons. I watched the 80s cartoon, the original OG. Mm-hmm. I have watched some of the other cartoons, including the, uh, what, the 07 uh, f- film. Um, and I got to say, I like the first Michael Bay film. Um, it's not perfect, but there was a lot in it that I enjoyed. And I like the Turtles. I like the design. A lot of people didn't. Um, I, I don't think it's as good as the old design. And I don't think it's as good as the current new design. Uh, but I, I, in general, have really enjoyed the films. I bought the uh, special edition um, DVD of the Michael Bay produced one because it came with masks. Uh, oh, and I was like, yes. oh, I gotta have those. Uh, so, uh, like, I, I've always enjoyed the Turtles. I haven't done a lot of comic books. I am planning on reading The Last Ronin, and I, they're making a video game of that, and I'm all 100% going to play that. Uh-huh. Um, it's going to be supposed to be like the, the Batman Arkham games, um, from my understanding. So I'm, or the, maybe the, the Spider-Man game, but either way, I'm a hundred percent playing that. Um, I loved, uh, last year, um, the Ninja Turtles Revenge of the Shredder old school style, like arcade side scroller came out, yes. uh, played and beat that like day two. I think I was like, so hooked onto it. Um, I, I, I love the idea of them and I was hyped for this film and it, it well lived up to my expectations, but I guess you should start us off with that. Um, yeah. To, by, oh, by the way, Turtles in Time, the side-scrolling arcade game back in the yeah. back in the real day, that was 
it. I remember uh, they, playing that so much. I did buy, and I haven't really played it, but I bought the, uh, they, they did the, I forgot what it's called. It's the Cowabunga Collection, and it is uh, all of the old games, including the Game Boy game and, like, the original Nintendo game, which I had the original Nintendo game. It was impossible to beat, uh, <laughs> but I liked it as a kid. Um, but I, I did get that collection for the Switch, but then I sold my Switch, so I'm planning on getting the collection for, like, PS5 or Xbox at some point once it goes on sale, but... Okay. Well, real talk, real talk, actually, I want that last running game. Real talk, film talk, let's do it. Well, that's what we think about the franchise. So we're bringing that in to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem, which is, of course, an animated film uh, by Paramount Pictures. It's an animated film, but don't let that put you off because one of the best films of the year is called Across the Spider-Verse and it is animated in a kind of similar off-the-wall style to this let's get straight to it jp teenage mutant ninja turtle mutant mayhem i thought it was such a good fun i thought it was such a fun film i enjoyed it very very much i've seen it twice now i've seen it solo and if you're listening from the guardian there's nothing wrong with going to the cinema by yourself back off and i've seen it i saw it with my six-year-old as well so i've seen it through my eyes and also how how, how does a kid um react to it and also does it hold up second time round? and it did it really did hold up second time round. i'll tell you something for a film which is an hour 40 45 minutes it does not half zip along it really does on my second viewing when i was watching it it got to a certain point and i thought holy christ this is the beginning of the third act it feels like i've only been in here for half an hour and i mean that swear to god like it feels like i've been in here for 30 40 minutes and we're getting to the third act stuff so it really thunders along and the energy is matched very much so by by the uh the wild kind of concept art animation which i think works so well it's so kind of grimy grungy but also very stylish and easy on the eye it really fits the aesthetic of the turtles it feels like the the old comics mixed with the animation mixed with all of the iterations we've seen just in a kind of scrawly way um but the energy is more than matched by the voice acting especially by our our teenage mutant Ninja turtles themselves michael Abbey is donatello um sham brown jr is mikey nicholas Cantu is leonardo and brady noon is raphael now, as we mentioned they're all teenagers ranging from like 15 to 19 and my god does it make a difference it mm-hmm. really does you can feel the authenticity uh, with these guys performances i believe that they are recorded in the same room f- facing each other so the banter they had was was real it was there it wasn't um it, it wasn't uh, kind of scripted as one listening through the other through the years they're looking at each other as they're doing it and the things that they're saying it is bought it is some of the the references and moments in the script are for a contemporary audience for a younger audience but having these guys say it it felt more it felt genuine more so mm-hmm. than maybe back in the day Corey Feldman saying something ki- akin to um, no disrespect to Corey Feldman. But I, uh, yeah, I really, really liked our casting. I think Ayo Adabiri as April is great as yes. well. I really think she does a very, very good job. And I like the character of April here. I like her motivations and why she wants to, because as we know, April O'Neill was a, a journo. Uh, whereas here they switched up a little bit. She's still a journalist, but her motivations as to why and, what kind of journo are slightly different and i dug it um and our, our baddie is it's not shredder usually that would be yeah. our kind of key antagonist it is superfly who is he's a he's a housefly he's a mutant housefly who is a creation of baxter stockman so anyone will remember him from the old cartoons uh, and superfly's voiced by ice cube who i think is so much fun he is having an absolute yeah. blast there's one moment which i guess if i'm about to say for spoilers that the two times I've heard him say this particular line, I was in, I was in tears uh, laughing. It's just his line delivery. But um, though, yeah, those guys are are great and everybody else in the cast as well. I don't know if we're going through them or not, but incredible cast. Should we mention anyone in there? Are we saving that? Yeah, I think like, I mean, Giancarlo Esposito is Baxter. You just mentioned, um, you you know, Dan, when that's his voice, you can tell Seth Rogen, John Cena as Bebop and Rocksteady, uh, (laughs) respectively. Um, uh rose burn uh leatherhead like yeah i don't know how like we need to get into all the characters paul rudd post malone hannibal burris uh i mean just such a a star-studded cast there um and uh, what i think is really great uh not to interject here i I know that's not usually our protocol but i did kind of say how much i enjoyed this movie too 
um, that uh, this is it, it's not a remake just to remake or start over. Like this is a mm. modernization and reimagining of the original property in it it definitely pays homage to a lot of the old stuff but it's it's doing its own thing it, it changes some of the, the origins in ways that i think are logical and kind of make sense and maybe address some things that don't age well about the original uh story <laughs> and where i think this movie deserves a lot of credit and maybe seth rogan and evan um oh, i always forget goldberg. evan's name uh, uh goldberg um is I think this is the most likable version of Leonardo in any of the turtle iterations that I have seen um, where <laughs> he doesn't feel, he still feels like Leo, but he doesn't feel as like standoffish That's to cool, being yeah. like, yeah, they're like, he's got the, the, the default. I think katanas are kind of the coolest weapon, but at the same time, nunchucks are just really cool, but nunchucks are cool for like the wrong reasons. Um, but what like, about the big stick? I mean, the big stick is awesome, to be honest. I, don't, I think Donnie's underselling how cool it is. But uh, Darth Maul, um, for example, yes. which, yes, his are lightsabers, but nevertheless. Uh, but, and I like, I actually like all the weapons, but I've liked the turtles since I was like six. So, like, yeah. it's it's hard to, like, not like any of them. Like, legit, dude, I, as a kid, when I was like six years old, they sold the mask that had the nose. Like, so you had, like, the green nose, and that's yes. all it was. You had the green nose and the mask, and then it came with, like, their plastic weapons and a belt. And, like, I would it. walk around our local mall with that on as Raphael with the size in my belt and everything. Yeah, and my mom yeah. was embarrassed, but I insisted. I was a Ninja Turtle, and I'm walking around with this. You've so got to do it protect. now, baby. You've got to do it in oh. your, your, the age you are now. It's just been your birthday. You need to take your wife shopping, and you need to dress up as Raphael uh, once more. If that ever happens, I will surely take pictures, but don't don't hold your breath for too hey, long. Look, if I ever um, get on the plane to Florida, I'll dress up as Mikey. You can dress, dress oh, up as Raph, and we go. can you know we can be taken down together. But Ironic. I agree with you, my friend, about that. It's the the, the most likable version of Leo, and and also you know considering Seth Rogen is involved, there I think uh, there is a preconception of what you're going to get with him, and in terms of the humor and the kind of maybe the crude language, but you don't get that here at all. Mm-mm. It's a very earnest film of anything. And I do think it's yes. an earnest film and it's, it's not condescending. It, there are teens, you know, the, 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 the turtles are teenagers, but it is, and there are good messages throughout, but it doesn't ever feel like it's kind of grabbing you by the neck and talking down to you because you're a teenager or, or kind of beating you around the head to them. It's, it's a fun, earnest film of which we don't really get that many certainly from an ip and this is the seventh uh film theatrical anyway in this series it's ready to get so far down the line and get something as good as this and i, t- I also i mean we mentioned the animation you know the, the choreography the animated choreography is very good oh. one scene in this where which is one of my favorite scenes of the year it's a fight scene but the and, and we're talking side scrolling yeah, uh, yeah 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 my man you you know it it's i, I see this particular one, you've got the, the turtles are fighting and, you know, it's cut in. It's, it, it, it's showing them in different locations fighting, mm-hmm. uh, but it, it kind of, it, it, it cuts so deliciously between each one. So seamlessly and, like one long edit, isn't it? And it's, it's and, yes. brilliant. Well, and cinephiles will recognize it. I, I can't imagine it's an accident, but it, it's yeah. paying homage to old boy. Yeah. Um, 100%. It, it, the hallway fight sequence in old boy, which is not a movie any kid should ever see. Uh, but one that's about to be back in theaters here soon. Um, and, uh, yeah, like I was watching like, Oh my God, is this, this is old boy. And they do it so well, don't they? Oh yeah. It's, it's fantastic. I love that sequence. It is easily one of my favorite of the year too. And I, I really love the animation style here. Um, not just the animation, but like the art style because they, they wanted it to feel like a kid's notebook was what I heard in uh, an interview on Instagram or something. So like, there's like doodles and sketches kind of integrated into the, uh, the art and it just feels different. And uh, it does feel like you don't get this movie without spider verse, but I don't feel like this is just another spider verse. I feel like it's its own evolution of like, Animated films can look different. They don't all have to have the Disney aesthetic or this kind of clean smoothness to them. Um, and obviously, there's tons of like cartoons that have done weird animation, but we're not. We didn't see it on the big screen as frequently as we are now. And Spider Verse, I think, shattered the mold of what an animated film can be. And uh, this movie is, I think, the best. It's not a knockoff, but the best inspiration from Spider Verse uh, that we've seen so far. And I, I love so much about this film and it it does 
I will say the only knock, and it's not a real knock, is that it, it is leaning towards its target audience, which is mm-hmm. kids. Like this, there are elements of this that might feel a little more childish because, again, it clearly has like you can tell Rogan's a fan of the originals and everyone involved. I think you can tell that there's a, a love of the original stuff, and it there's stuff here for us. But the overall like story is is for the younger audience, and it should be because that's why we love it because it was our youth and now this film feels like it's going to breathe new life into the franchise and it's going to foster a whole new generation of fans. But also I think people like us are still going to just latch onto this. They've already greenlit a sequel and I've heard that there's going to be a series too. And I'm just like, if it's all good, then I'm all in. Um, And I am, I couldn't have been happier with this. Uh, My editor of Burke reviews, David, who's been on this podcast, um, he went with me to the, the critic screening, which he does for a lot of the critic screenings. He is as big of a turtle fan as the two of us, if not maybe bigger. Um, he still has all of the stuff. Uh, and uh, he also, we were, we were just, you, we could feel each other's excitement while watching this film. It was so invigorating yeah. and fun. And um, the two people to our left, one was tuna was to my direct left. And there was another film critic that I am uh, familiar with. Um, I wasn't sure uh, how they would feel. They are a lot younger and I, I don't know if they had a turtle connection like we do. Um, and if they would have been a different set of turtles than the ones we grew up with. Yes. Um, and when it was over, like, yeah, uh, I think tune is listing this as his number two um, superhero movie of the year. Cause he, for whatever reason, doesn't like spider verse. I don't know what Tuna. is going on with that. Um, but <laughs> uh, yeah, this is just, it's one of those things too. And I, I really hope more people hear about it and we'll go see this because it is for everyone. It, I would say the story and the plot leans towards younger audience and up to hi, like high school. Cause the kids are high school and there's, if you're a fan of like the John Hughes films, that's a, that is integrated into this um, <laughs> yes. because it is a high school film, but um, in its own way, it's like, it's not following those tropes exactly, but it's embedded into who the characters are because they know the world through watching like that's that's part of this whole story in this movie is that they have not experienced what it is to be in new york they're in new york but they haven't been in new york the same way and i I just think it captures that in such fun ways um what to give credit to slash film um the slash film cast uh i'm sorry the film cast uh, (laughs) um they uh they pointed out too that this is like this one feels the most like a team that the, the characters have been introduced. Like the four of them are a unit. Like you really get that family unit strong here. Uh, they're not at each other. Cause that's like the one thing I, uh, that killed me with the first movie, as much as I love that first movie, Raphael is sidelined for like three quarters of it. You know, he's, he's in yeah, a bathtub. A um, and, and Donnie as well. Donnie doesn't really get much in the first no. film. Yeah. They're, they're, they're all there, but it's more of like a Leo and Raph relationship movie, but that's, heavy on Leo's side and Mike is like getting the best jokes. Um, but this movie, like they're all talking over t- on top of each other, like brothers would do, like they're all fighting for attention. And it's also the most distinctive um, physical appearances. The turtles have been given, like their colors are slightly different. Uh, they're not shaped the same. Donnie is clearly smaller than the other three. Um, uh, they, they, t- they borrow from the Michael Bay turtles where they went, they went real hard on the accessories in the Michael Bay movies where like, like, Donnie's clearly the tech guy because he's got you know night vision goggles on like it was a lot this one's not nearly as extreme but like Donnie's got headphones on he's he's clearly more comfortable with technology but they all have cell phones like it's you know like it's it's just this really great understanding of who these characters are individually but also as a unit and I don't know that we've gotten such a good unit build in the other movies and again that wasn't my observation but I I really agreed when it was said um, just such a fun movie i i really want to i've been meaning to see it a second time uh i do often i hesitate to go to an animated film alone um because i don't want to freak out families that are there to see it because it's not for me it's for them i was right there by myself jb it's fine i know and i i've I've obviously gone to animated films alone but uh yeah i haven't gone yet i am gonna see it at least one more time in theaters though before it leaves and i will 100 percent be adding this to my film collection because i adore this movie yeah 100 percent jp um it says a very mitchell's versus machine kind of chaotic animation to this as well but i enjoyed that film it's interesting you mentioned the colors though because whilst i don't disagree with you 
when I was watching it in certain moments, I was like, they've nailed the colors here. And I mean, literally like the, the bandana um, colors. Oh yeah. Um, I was like, they, Dan, they, they, they've got those tones of, of purple, blue, orange, and red. That feels like the animated series. That feels like the old mm. film. That feels right. And even kind of the, the colorings of the turtles themselves, they've always had a slightly different shades of green. I was like, no, they get it. And it f- took me back. There's a few shots, specifically kind of the, yes. the kind of hero shots of them. The homage. When I'm like, down and the uh, yeah and i was like damn this 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 is it um yeah i mean listen the story and the script is it is what it is it is like i say it's geared to more it's uh, mostly good it's, it's decent yeah it's, it's geared yeah. towards a younger audience so don't go in expecting a, a lot of weight and a lot of kind of thematic damage it's this is not bad this is a fun film which which knows what it is and that's not a bad thing yeah you know no i there, there are some plotting things, and there's some. I think we, we see a little influence of the uh, the DC and Marvel uh, style of structure um, for comic book movies. Yeah, but uh, the tone is is its own. This is its own tone. The very first fight scene in this film is one of the funniest things I've seen on screen in a couple of years. Like I was cracking up watching it, um, it just worked. having a total blast, it and worked. it works. Yeah, and it, it leads to that progression as well. Which, but even the progression doesn't feel like OP or or silly. You don't, you don't see these guys go from kind of zeros to OP superheroes in the space of a film. It isn't that kind of film, which I really enjoyed as well. Uh, but by the end, it is a very satisfying payoff. The music, by the way, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross, the music in this is fantastic. And the soundtrack, which is East coast hip hop, because obviously they're turtles are all about New York and paying homage on the film as well. Is again, another loving nod to New York, but you've got a lot of East coast, um, sound in here. You've got Bella Soul, you've got Blackstreet, ODB, Lauren Hill, Buster, DMX, so many. And of course, there is a nod to uh, Secrets of the Use, which had me bawling in, in joy. And if you, you, we're talking soundtrack, we're talking Turtles 2, I think you guys know what song we're on about. But just in case, spoiler warning for the spoiler show. But you know, I enjoyed it, JB, an awful lot. I had a great time with it. My little one enjoyed it as well. It was a blast. It's, it's what I wanted, John. I wanted a film to be. It, it's easy going. Obviously, there are still stakes throughout, but it's easy going. It was a film which I could enjoy second time round. I didn't feel like I'd missed much the first time, so I could enjoy it more the second time. Guys, if you don't know what the word Riz means, Google it. You're going to need to. And there are a few pop culture nods in there, which I didn't mind. One or two are a bit um, in your face, but otherwise, yeah, really, really good time, JB. Cannot really find many faults with this. It delivered what I would want from a turtles film and i think it sounds like you're on the same wavelength yes sir well there we go like i say in a few days time we'll come back with a much shorter show but we'll be going into much more spoilers in that show so if you want to hear what we think about the spoilery parts of the film come check out the spoiler episode but now we're going to move on to our next segment which we call chuffed headlines uh john and myself we take a movie or pop culture news headline that caught our attention for whatever reason this week and we share it with each other and with all of you too so jb uh what have you gone for this week so i picked a headline that i am proud to be on the uh, the right side of is <laughs> elemental and pixar have quietly made a box office comeback elemental did not do well opening weekend i was a huge fan of it um i really really enjoyed the movie i wrote a pretty I think a pretty good review uh, over at BerkReviews.com for it. Um, we didn't cover it on the podcast because you haven't seen it yet, but I can't remember what we did instead. It, it was it came out with against something. Um, I love Pixar. There's not very many Pixar films that I won't champion. And even Lightyear, uh, which no one has come around on, but I was an advocate for Lightyear last year. Um, but I really liked Elemental a lot. I saw this twice. Um, I took my yearbook uh, kids to this even. Uh, my three editors that were at a workshop. Uh, and uh, it was not doing well. Although the th- the, when I took them, it was a packed house. And I was like, oh, maybe people are seeing this. And it, it, but it, it hasn't got a lot of like hype. It didn't have like a big weekend. But apparently it's been quietly winning over audiences. To be fair, a lot of its competition has not done well. Uh, like Spider-Verse is animated, but it's really not for a younger audience. Um, and Turtles is for a younger audience, but we maybe it will get more box office towards the end, but it's not. Mm-hmm. It didn't come bursting out like I was hoping Turtles would, but Elemental quietly 
been making money not just in the states but worldwide it's made over 400 million worldwide wow. 148 in north america which is really good because if you hadn't been paying attention pretty much since uh covid disney has not been releasing pixar films to theaters just on disney plus with the exception being Lightyear, which then bombed um and now elemental comes out and it doesn't look like it's going to do well and it's like oh no is, is pixar going to be relegated to a streaming animated uh studio and that it um but it looks like we are at least crisis averted for now elemental has made enough box office i think disney will put the next pixar film on the big screen where they belong but you know i don't mind getting them on disney plus but i definitely prefer seeing movies on the big screen when i can and i'm glad that it's come back and matt still has not seen elemental Mm -hmm. what up with that uh, I apologise, I apologise. I am a victim to what JB has since told me I am wrong for, and I dig it, in that I saw the trailer and I thought, yeah, he looks okay, but you know, I, I wasn't a big fan of Luca and some of the more recent Pixar films have been hit or miss, really like Soul, but being a little bit hit and miss. So I saw the trailer and I kind of thought, I, you know, maybe I'll wait for this to come to Disney+. Plus. But JB said... The trailer does not sell this film as well as it should do. It's, no. it's actually, I say actually, as if it's a surprise, but it's a decent film, very good film. Go check it out. And my, I was when I came out of Mutant Mayhem with my kid the other day, she saw the marketing, the cardboard cutouts for Elemental and mentioned that somebody at her school had seen it. I think it was kind of like twigging the idea of going to see it herself. So if she doesn't go with her mum, then... I'll take it to see it and I'll add to that box office JB. Um, but no, I'm glad to hear this because it was being used as another stick to beat Disney, Pixar streaming services with, or whatever you want to call it, the go broke, go broke crap. Um, and to be honest, though, I am surprised at, it, at the legs it's had speaking yeah. from somebody who hasn't seen the film. Speaking as somebody, though, who has seen so many films since this Elemental came out, such as the congestion at the box office, there are so many films coming out, I would have assumed that with Elemental's slow start, it's had its time. What is it? People say, if you don't make your money in the first two weeks, you're not making any, other than your Titanics and stuff. That's generally kind of a rule of thumb. But Elemental, you know, quietly reaching the 400 million mark and, and rising ever so slowly is... Uh, is a good indication also that people are going back to the cinema uh, and that, yeah, yeah, we've got huge films like Barbie, Oppenheimer, uh, and now Turtles and all these other ones. But, you know, an an animated film, which you would assume was geared more towards kids, has outstayed its welcome almost. It's still being shown at theatres. Why? Because there is a demand for it. And I kind of hope that one day this translates against streaming. And I, I do enjoy streaming service, but, you know, when you can somebody like me for example can say when well, i don't often do this but i can say oh you know i'll wait for that to come out on streaming you know because they come out so soon you know you have films which uh, are on the big screen and then within three to four weeks are on a streaming service mm-hmm. that's, Ruby, that, that's terrible uh, i really don't like it um so maybe this can it won't but maybe it will have the heads at disney uh, maybe they can get their heads out of wherever they are but have them see that you know, maybe we should hold fire with pushing everything to streaming because if you've got a product and it's good and word of mouth spreads, then, you know, you can make more on something which maybe you didn't expect to do quite so well, certainly from the forecast and original estimates. So I'm pleased to hear this one, JB. Yep. It's a positive headline for a change. So on the other hand, what's your headline? Yeah, mine mine isn't, frankly, but um, it was only able to be some positivity. There, well, there is some positivity, but the the headline itself it it, it rolls off the the news that on uh, Monday the seventh of August, the My director birthday. of that uh, is your birthday, the director of The Exorcist, a French connection sorcerer to live and die in LA, William Friedkin, passed away uh, from heart failure and pneumonia at the age of eighty seven at his uh, Los Angeles home. His wife Sherry broke the news and. Um, he's one of my favorite directors, if not mine. I love his style of filmmaking, even if the films themselves aren't always the best, which I've always said, you know, you've only got to look at something like Jade in the mid nineties, which isn't a great film, but there is always that sensibility. So there's always an honesty to his films. There's a, there's a real cinema verite feel. There's a real grounded, gritty approach to it. And in, in, in later career, so we've got, you've got some great films like Bug, 
killing Joe. Uh, and there is still the Kane mutiny of Billy Freakins, which is having its premiere next month at the Venice Film Festival. It's such a shame that the man himself couldn't be around to see that. But I love Billy Friedkin. I love his outspoken way. His raconteur style was interviews I could watch for hours. Sadly, passed away on Monday. It really kicked me in the gut when I heard it. Really did. Because I'd noticed in recent months that he was looking a little bit old, if I can be so bold. He wasn't looking great, but he's 87 years old. But to see, but to see the news and to see it coming out on the ta- on the on the trades, it, it it didn't feel good. I didn't like I didn't like reading it. But because you know, when it's somebody you admire, you don't want to hear that they've gone. So I was very sad to hear this. Very sad on Monday. Really, really was actually on Monday. But it's been great to see the tributes pouring in JB, which is the headline here by Clark Collis of Entertainment Weekly, and the headline is Exorcist star Linda Blair pays tribute to director, friend, and protector William Freakin. Blair calls the late filmmaker a genius. Of course, Linda Blair was uh, Reagan McNeil in the 1973 Exorcist uh, as a 12-year-old girl who, spoiler, gets possessed. But she took to Instagram to deliver a really, really kind of open and kind and loving eulogy to Billy Friedkin. Talking about what a game-changer he was, what a bold personality he was, and how he protected her took her under his wing on set you hear the stories of billy freaking that he's brash he's he's you know he's like a bull in a china shop but everybody who's come out like guillermo del toro and uh, and everybody else saying that was a front for the man himself which was really a kind loving man and linda blair's statement only backs that up uh ellen burston who of course stopped uh, in the exodus 2 came out and said he was an original, smart, cultured, fearless and wildly talented and was undoubtedly a genius. Uh, and of course, he's starring in David Gordon Green's Exorcist Believer, which you can't help but kind of think now that that film has that bit more resting on its shoulders now because Billy Freakin yeah. wasn't a fan of the idea of it anyway. But now, if it isn't great, you know, people will say people will come out and say awful things about how it's tarnished the legacy and everything else. But Billy Friedkin getting tributes from from filmmakers, film stars, young and old, for his influence on them, and outside of that as well, like things like I say, To Live and Die, Cruising, uh, not The Guardian, that's not very good, uh, are are great films in a very very eclectic filmography. And for me, JB, I was I was very heartened to see these kind words coming out, and also the really fun clips of his interviews over the years uh, especially the ones about Al Pacino um, but for but I, I was very saddened by the news uh, that uh, brilliant freaking passed away this week but um, you saw the headline obviously you heard the news what were your thoughts on obviously on the news but the the legacy I guess I mean uh, I haven't seen some of his other films like I haven't seen the sorcerer um, and I want to but it's like mm. you have to shell out some money for that um, and uh I, I haven't seen Killer Joe even, which is high on my list of things to watch. Um, some I I didn't realize were Friedkin like um, Blue Chips. Like yeah, I loved yeah. Blue Chips as a kid because I was Shaquille O'Neal played in Orlando. Like that, yeah. so I was a huge Shaq fan. Um, and I, that movie, man, I watched it so many times. And <laughs> Rules of Engagement, like I I didn't realize was a freaking film. Um, but then like I recently within the last couple of years watched French Connection and To Live and Die in L.A. Um, even at, I saw the exorcist as a kid, far too young. Um, and, uh, I hate seeing on his letterbox, my birthday for his day of death. Um, yeah. and, uh, but yeah, I obviously, you know, iconic filmmaker. He, I, I had not studied him the same way that you have. Um, but I have seen a lot of stuff in the last couple of days and it's, you know, I, I, I will say, I hope I can live to 84. I'd love to live longer. But like that is a good life, so I, I would have loved for him to stick around. And I know people were talking about him making another. Like he has a movie coming out, as you said. But like even like what's the next movie? Um, and it is a shame. We'll, this will be the end. Yeah, so it's a uh, sad news. So obviously, rest in peace, rest in power, William Freakin. But the legacy, as we always say, the legacy will always live on, and it will probably outlive most of, if not all of us. So. Uh, yeah. sad news to uh, end off with there but it's always a positive as we say the legacy will be there but let's move on then jb to what we've been checking out 
uh, in the last week since our last episode in our section called Media Consumption, which is where we talk about the movies, TV shows, video games, music, podcasts, which aren't ours, anything that we've used to pass the time since the last show. JB, what have you been checking out this week? Well, Blank Check is uh, still covering Park Chan-wook, um, and I caught. I actually watched I Am a Cyborg a few weeks ago, but I haven't mentioned it because um, we've been talking Fantasia and stuff, and we had the double Barbenheimer episode. Um, so uh, I Am a Cyborg was not easy to see here in the States, but I did manage to finally get to see it. It was never released theatrically here, so it doesn't even have like box office information um, for the U.S., but uh, we're really quirky movie, not like some of Park's other stuff, but I liked it. Um, a good episode of the podcast as well. Um, I have, I've been listening to uh, Film Spotting again, um, not consistently, but they are doing um, African film study, like or African film marathon, they call it, but they don't like marathon it, but they're like, here's five movies that we're going to talk about kind of at the end of episodes um, and looking at African films. And I, it's a, that's, I've seen some African films, but I definitely have uh, a lot to study in world cinema in general, but that's a, a continent that I have not seen a lot of, of what their pinnacle films are. So um, I'm watching through them and I caught black girl from, I think 1966 uh, really. Uh, I didn't know what to expect going in. It's a really good movie, but it is not an easy subject matter at all. Um, but really, really well made uh, black and white film looks fantastic has a lot of french influence uh because it is set in france even though it is an african film it deals with that uh cultural like back and forth between africa and france a um, huge, but really um, it's always been a huge uh, influx of uh of africans to france has always been that way so there's always a kind of synergy between the nations and, and areas um then uh, I caught Park's next film that they're going to be talking about on the podcast this week is uh, Thirst, um, which has, uh, man, I got to learn the dude's name, but from Parasite. Um, and I mean, he's one of my favorite actors. He's worked with uh, both Bong Joon-ho and Park Chan-wook a lot. Um, I will one day remember. Bong ho Yes. yes. Uh, <laughs> one of my favorite actors, I think in general and i can't uh, song king ho i have to be better at remembering his name i just always like oh it's him and i know i'm gonna love everything he does because he is such a phenomenal talent the the range that that dude can deliver in one movie yeah. he can have you cracking up and then devastatingly crying a few minutes later he is incredible um thirst is a really interesting take on a vampire story uh i liked it it's weird it's it's weird in the way that park is weird so um Caught the Meg too. I will keep my opinions to myself because we will be talking about that one very soon. Uh, yep. A film I missed in theaters because it didn't come near me and I didn't have the chance to go see it was a uh, polite society. Yes, um, I saw that. I wanted to see it in theaters. I didn't, I watched it on Peacock. I also, to be completely fair to it, I did not give it a hundred percent of my attention because I am trying to like juggle a bunch of stuff. Um, but I've been meaning to, to watch it. I did like it. I didn't love it. And I really wanted to love it because the trailer like really had me. Um, and I only kind of got hooked into it. I do think there's some really great moments in the film, but like as a collective piece, I just thought it was okay, but worth checking out. Yeah. Peacock. Um, yeah, I thought it fell uh, apart a little bit towards the end. It got a little bit stupid. Um, but I, I enjoyed it for the most part. It wasn't, it wasn't per like you. I think I, I think I really wanted to like it more than I did, but I think Me I too. gave it a, a happy seven, maybe seven and a half out of 10, or I think I gave it. Yeah. It, it almost feels uh, more like a, a series, like, cause it's very episodic almost it, like, like, like mm. there are moments where like, well, this could have been last week's episode. Now it's, we're on this next episode. Yeah, um, but overall, again, good performances and there's good stuff in it. I just wish it had landed a little stronger for me. Yes. Um, and then I have watched all the Hao Miyazaki films, but I have not seen all of the Studio Ghibli films, um, which for a little while, I think I had a misconception that Studio Ghibli and Hao Miyazaki were one and the same. And obviously he is the founder of and like some of the best movies from Studio Ghibli are his. Yes. But there's other good ones out there and I just have not seen them. Um, and I finally caught The Secret World of Arietti. And I really enjoyed that movie. Uh, I'm glad I finally got to it um, because I liked it. Uh, I don't know if you've seen that one or not. <laughs> I have not. No, I'm also going through all the Ghibli films. It was a, it was very much a kind of a dead spot on my list where I, I wanted to watch them, but never got around to it. I was also kind of uh, intimidated by the fact there was 
well, there's, there's quite a few of them. If you want to watch, go from A to Z, it's mm. quite a few. So, damn, I, I do recommend. Listen definitely to the recommend blank this check one? episodes. Okay. Uh, well, okay. yes, but also the blank check. Uh, they covered um, uh, all of Howe's films. They didn't do all of Studio Ghibli. They did all of Howe Miyazaki's films, and uh, the episodes are great. Maybe I will do then, because um, I was like, "What do I do? Do I do I do I go in with the the big hitters first? Your Spirited Away, Totoro, um, Mononoke, do, or or do I just go from the beginning and watch the evolution?" So I decided not to do anything to start with, and now I'm oh. basically kind of dipping my toe wait, in here wait, and there. Wait, you've never seen Spirited Away? I have. No, I have. Oh, okay, this is what okay. I meant. I was like, when I, when I started, I was like, do I do I watch Spirited Away first and then go back and watch everything else, or do I start with the very first one and and, and mm. go forward? So basically, what I've done is I've watched the the, the, the major films, you know, the ones everyone's heard, mm. Spirited Away. Uh, my neighbor Totoro, House Moving Castle, yep, yep. Uh, Princess Mononoke, oh, all, all of those kind of oh, things. Yep, Naruto, so um, and then kind of filling in, like you've like you're doing here by the sounds of it, filling in I the ones which I haven't seen. Porco Rosso, so much. That one was my biggest curveball. I did not expect to love that one as much <laughs> no, as God, I, did. I want to see that man. It's a uh, Michael piece. Keaton, man. That's the, the 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 big debate always with anime is: do you watch subbed or dubbed? Uh, say, for yeah. the Ghibli films, you're you're often safe going with a dub because they get incredible voice casts like in totoro it's uh the the um fanning sisters the fanning sisters yeah i couldn't pull the last name for some reason i was like l it's not l what's uh but yeah, um ellen dakota yes it's dakota and l but i couldn't pull fanning uh yeah um just such good voice cast and all of them uh i forgot who was in arietti but it was like voices that i also really like and i was like oh i didn't know they they did this um but yeah uh Definitely worth checking out all of the, those films. They're really good. And then lastly, uh, video games. I've been playing Dead Space um, on PS5. I don't know why I put two. It's not Dead Space 2. It's just Dead Space. Um, and uh, really, uh, really, I don't always love survival horror because I, I'm... It's not the fear. It's the anxiety that gets me because, like, I want games to be a release from anxiety and, like, games like that where you're, like, fighting over resources and limited bullets... Um, but there's something about the setting. It, it very much feels like you're in the world of Alien in a lot of ways, um, which is really cool. Uh, really enjoying it. I still get stressed out, and I, I haven't played for a couple days because it, it was just I'm like I'm at a point where it's really hard. And uh, but at some point I'll get back to it. But um, really cool game. Enjoying it a lot. No, I hear you, my friend. I I played Alien Isolation for all of about twenty minutes, and it scared the living sh- hell out of me. Yeah. So I, I I couldn't go back to play. It honestly was so like suffocatingly scary i, I will say i'm pl- i'm playing dead space on easy and i definitely have not had an issue with uh ammo compared to other games <laughs> yeah, like yeah, it yeah. so yeah. Uh, uh it's 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 a little easier but still times where like you're you're not expecting a bad guy and then there's suddenly a bad guy and you're just like ah but uh it's the atmosphere is really cool the, the story is very compelling definitely worth checking out no so i have been actually meaning to play dead space for a while so uh if it's been recommended then I'm all over that, but um, my one JB. I have been listening to the Nightmare on Film Street podcast. They've been do. They've been looking at uh, oddly enough, like co- uh, Face Off last week. I think I mentioned that. Just Cage films, huh? Just Cage oh, and uh, Con Air this week. I mean, let's face it: two wonderful films from the kind of mid to late nineties. And I'll have nobody tell me that they're not. Um, so it's fun to kind of have a little bit of a a, a left field swing and what uh, listen to films that aren't horror for once but i enjoyed that listening to the watching double toaster sorry on youtube as well um for films jb i i you know i fantasia has been and gone now i've watched a ton of films far too many um and i won't go through all of them because some of them i didn't think were very good at all one of them i actually agree with uh tuna for once and that's perpetrator i didn't like that film um uh, some of the best films i saw at fantasia post our episode last week i saw birth slash rebirth birth rebirth i thought that was wildly good i thought that was like fantastically good horror film and that one should be on shutter i think soon yes you're right that one's that one's getting a release on shutter if you can check that one out please do it's some heavy stuff and the final yes. shot of that is wow um yeah. uh sometimes i think about dying the rachel lambert film i really enjoy that that film's a little bit of me in the sense that it feels like a kind of boring slice of life a bit like patterson-esque where it just follows somebody in a mundane life but 
it spoke to me like the relatability of the character spoke to me it's, uh, watch the film when it comes out it's getting released at some point soon uh, and then i saw i mentioned film i saw a film called new life i thought that was a really cool um thriller horror mashup which surprised me because i thought it was going to be a little bit bland when i watched it uh, and then i saw some other films which were a little bit more middling but they're all on what i watch tonight.co.uk but thank you fantasia you've been great we are done with you now until maybe next year we'll see um so i watched that uh, i also watched went back and rewatched sorcerer sorry um with the news obviously of um, billy freakin's passing it would have been easy to watch the exorcist and i did actually record uh star wars sessions the sister show with my exorcist t-shirt on um in tribute but i yeah. thought well I, I you know i know that film back to back it's the greatest film of all time no comebacks um and i love the french connection fantastic film i was like you know what i fancy sorcerer because sorcerer is sorcerer it should now it's getting the acclaim and it, uh, uh, and this is yeah. before freaking's passing but in in the last decade or so maybe decade and a half maybe even two it's getting reevaluated. and actually this is a, a cinematic gem which went under the radar because it had the misfortune of coming out at the same time as star wars in 1977 and it had no chance it got it got wiped away swept away and there was also a bit of um press kind con- press angst towards freaking at the time which didn't help but the sorcerer is a magnificent film a lot of people say it's his it is his magnus magnum opus it's such a good film it's such a tense film compelling film it is muscle clenching in all the wrong places my friend at points it's the way it's shot the way it's captured the 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 use of diegetics not sound you don't need music here honestly fantastic fantastic film uh and Rewatching it, obviously, in the wake of uh, Billy Freakin's passing, had a sort of touch, a bittersweet touch to it. But goddamn, is that a hell of a film, Sorcerer? And I think it's available for a decent price. I mean, I I got it on Blu-ray a couple of years ago for about twelve quid, fifteen bucks. So it's not too bad. Uh, but again, obviously, that might be a lot of money to a lot of people, and I respect it. So, um, and oddly enough, though, JB, I remember sending you a picture. I think it's last week because I was on my lunch break last Thursday or Friday. I started listening to an, an audiobook by Nat Segaloff called mm-hmm. The Exorcist Legacy, 50 Years of Fear, which I thought was a really odd coincidence. I'm going to start reading that at the end of last week, and then we get the news on Monday about freaking. Uh, and I finished it on Monday or Tuesday. But it is, it's also a hardback or paperback, but I wanted to listen to it. I, I find myself uh, airing more towards audiobooks now. I've had a, I've had a right about turn in the last six months. Um but it, it obviously is about the Exorcist film from 73, but wonderfully, it also spends a good path of the book, maybe, on the Exorcist 2, The Heretic, on The Exorcist 3, and on Dominion, Dominion and The Beginning, the prequels, and a little bit on the new trilogy that's coming out. And So it isn't just about the original, obviously that takes up a lion's share of it they talk about the legacy of that film going forward and they really dive into the second film a lot which i enjoyed i don't like the film but i loved hearing about what went went on and john borman and everybody's thoughts on it which i hadn't heard previously um so that was really uh really really cool audiobook again odd timing but it's it's just the way the cookie crumbles i guess um but yeah if you're a fan of the film or just filmmaking or freaking i would excuse me i would pick that up uh, because it's an awful lot of fun, JB. So, uh, yeah, one w- one film this week, because I was going to go and watch The Meg 2, The Trench, but I got home from work on Tuesday, and I thought, ah, this bed's far too comfy to move from. Sorry, Statham, you're going to have to wait until Thursday. Mm-hmm. So I will have seen it by next week, John. Fear not. No worries. Of course, I will. In- uh, I didn't say, say if I like it or not, so we're going to wait till next week to hear Yes, and uh, I think I think this time I'm not going to tell John what I think about think about it. Sometimes you have to, but I might keep him in suspense. But I haven't even seen the film, so maybe I'll come out and <laughs> not be able to control myself. But um, that would be a bloody awesome effort, some might say. And guess what, JB? Each week we have to <laughs> we have to stay bloody awesome in order to bring this show to each and every one of you. We have to make sure that bloody awesome levels are topped up. So, JB, how have you been staying bloody awesome this week? Well, it was orientation uh, this week uh, for my, my job, meaning uh, the new students um, and a lot of my returning students, although mostly for orientation, it's just going to be the new students who are coming to the school for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, I get to meet them. I get to talk to their parents. They get to uh, decide if they 
are excited or worried about my class. And um, it was just last night and it went uh, rather well. It was, uh, you know, uh, the students are why I continue to do this job. Um, it's definitely not the money and it's definitely not all the bureaucratic nightmare of, of <laughs> teaching, but uh, students and being able to make them feel confident in themselves and uh, excited to come and learn is what I'm all about. And it was a really good experience last night. We had a lot of people show up for orientation, uh, which we weren't sure about because we did it a little earlier than we normally do. And uh, early is not always easier for parents to get there. And we had a great turnout. So it was really cool. Nice. Um, day after my birthday on top of that, which I guess I could have had, I had a birthday, but um, really of the <laughs> highlights. And it, it's, it's kind of like for years, my, my birthday was in the summer. So I didn't work during my birthday. And the last couple of years we've started school a little earlier. And so I'm back at work during my birthday, which has um, a, afforded me uh, something I, I did even as a kid, I, I was in summer break when my birthday would happen. Um, people I wouldn't see normally are now seeing me on my birthday. And uh, I have to say people have been so gracious and so cool about it. And, um, for years of not having like being around a lot of people, unless they came to a celebration for me, uh, it's fun walking into a place and then like making it known that it's your birthday or surprising you with something that they weren't like tomorrow. We're actually, um, one of my coworkers has insisted that we're, we're having cheesecake uh tomorrow in celebration of my birthday um like with a whole group and it's i'm i'm so grateful i i have no expectations of something like that and um it's really hard for me to uh to accept it because i i don't i i feel like you're you're making such an effort for me and i don't i don't need that but i am very grateful for it and i don't always feel like i'm expressing that enough but um I, I'm very, and again, this is all part of the orientation with being back at work, being with my coworkers. Um, it happened to be my birthday and just, the, um, you know, uh, there's a lot to be concerned with in our profession right now, but I feel like the teachers at my school are really rallying together and it feels more connected than it has since COVID. And it's been really nice to have that. So Nice. And cheesecake, John. Cheesecake. And cheesecake. I will send you a picture as I always do, my friend. Um, thank you. Thank you. Uh, I'm very much looking forward to it. I like cheesecake a whole lot. So, um, so much so that uh, my, another coworker who went with me to our yearbook uh, workshop, we, we, we made sure to stop at the Cheesecake Factory when oh. we were at this one mall. Um, I had tiramisu cheesecake and- you son oh. of a gun. <laughs> yeah. But Matt, how are you saying bloody awesome? Oh, not eating cheesecake. Um, I am my, my my man. It's I'm freeing up some sweet sweet time is what I'm doing, John. And it comes off the back of watching so many films and doing so many write ups in the last two weeks, which I'm eternally yeah. grateful for, as always. But I I posted my final review onto my site. I think it's this morning because it's the last day today. And I you know I pressed publish and I thought <sighs> literally it's like a sigh of relief. It was like firstly you know oh, great we've done it awesome secondly i was like do you know what i can i can enjoy i know that's the wrong thing to say i can appreciate now that the next few weeks and months my evenings are going to be freer my kind of schedule and brain load is going to be a little bit lighter i don't have that like you say that when you when you sign up for something and you actively put yourself out to do it and you're asking for things you you then have to follow that up. You have an obligation that's gone now. And I'm quite excited. It sounds really odd, but, um, oh, I get it. I, I, and the idea now, what I can go and see the Meg two, oh, hopefully it's great on Thursday, but then on Friday, I don't have to think, Oh, well, I, I better not watch a sorcerer, you know, kind of film or I best not watch, uh, Megan or something because I've got to watch, like, I've got to watch two, three films tonight. Um, it's quite nice to think, right. That was a pretty chaotic, a spell now it's back to normality back to just checking out what's coming at my own pace and you know i'm quite excited about that and that isn't again that isn't to say what a bad experience watching free like actual free films and writing about them it's wonderful but it is nice to also be able to just chill out and watch the things i want to watch now for the next few months or the next year whenever until our next festival so my man i'm looking forward to doing what i did yesterday coming home from work put my feet up I'm not doing anything because that's what I like doing most of the time. I should though go to the gym a bit more often. Uh, but yeah, me, me JB freeing up some time after a busy, I know you've had the same a busy few weeks. Yeah. I, I free time is uh, essential for 
decompressing and I have not had a whole lot lately. So I am, uh, and I don't, I frankly don't see a lot coming up, but I'm, whew, you know, doing my thing. I'm trying to get to that point where I can, uh, not feel the, the pressure of everything, but thank God for the BAMP then as an outlet to at least, if you get us rock films, we can at least talk about them on here. If we're not going to do it anywhere else. So that is what the BAMP is all about. We're here for you guys, but we're now leaving. Thanks. But we are going to be back again next week. As we've mentioned with our review of the, of Meg two, the trench, the new Jason Statham shark film. Uh, So we're going to have a non-spoiler and spoiler review coming out for that. And we hope you enjoyed this episode and our turtles chat. If you did let us know, Find us on Twitter slash X at BAMP underscore podcast, B-A-M-P underscore podcast. JB, where are we on Instagram? Instagram and threads as bloody awesome movie pod. It's too many now. On Facebook slash meta, we're on at bloody awesome movie podcast. Uh, Keep your eyes on the tomato meter because we post our reviews on there uh, because we are tomato meter approved because we're that damn good um if you want to talk to us individually you can find me what i watch tonight.co.uk and and all of the socials there's too many to list to search what i watch tonight and including letterboxd as well jb where are you i'm at burkreviews.com and at burkreviews on all the social media platforms yep go check jb out and if you enjoy what we do here and we hope that you do we've been doing it for so long now and we love it uh please do consider giving us a five-star rating and review on your podcast provider of choice because it gets more listeners in it gets us up the listener lists and we get to hear from more film fans each and every week but with that as always stay bloody awesome and keep watching movies Bloody, blood, 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 blood